This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second of our weekly free shows here on Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar, I'm the host, and I'm joined this week by one of our regular guests, Mr Alex Staff. Hi David, how you doing? I am good my friend, I am good. Let's start then with, uh, before we get to the preview, obviously of Sunday's match against Hamilton, uh, let's start with the big news of the week, which was the announcement that James Tavernier has signed a new three and a half year deal with Rangers, which uh, in real terms, in terms of extension, works out about a two year deal because he was out of contract summer 2019, but good news in your eyes? Very good news, yeah. Um, he's, he's proved quite a bit this season in my opinion to be, probably become first name in the team sheet really and yeah very very happy he's, that he's happy to stay as well that's a good sign you know mm-hmm. there's no way he wouldn't have had options it's a good sign that he sees something here beyond just a wage which he would have been able to match down south that's, that's worth staying for he spoke today it's interesting you before we come to we'll, we will get into that about what it says about him but he spoke at today's press conference, which is available on Rangers' YouTube channel and RTV, for, for those of you who want to go and check it out. But he spoke about how he feels that his partnership with Daniel Candace has played a big part in his improvement this season. Now, this is something you've often spoken about on here, Alex, which is that things on a football park don't happen in isolation. And I suppose in its most simplistic term, it's a case of... Well, you know, you play with better players, you'll be, you you can look like a better player. But in this case, I think there's a very specific thing, which is for a guy who was quite often asked to get up the park and then very little went in behind him or helped him out on his wing. And he, di- he did make a lot of mistakes. And I think we all know, you know, what, what we'll call the kind of time castle syndrome uh, of yeah. his back post coverage. But I think that he feels... and. I would maybe tend to agree that playing with someone with a what rate of Daniel Candace 
and someone he knows is going to be a regular starter and we'll track back and we'll cover in for him when he goes forward and has the pace to help him out has maybe given him a bit more confidence and also I think and one of the things I've noticed is he's getting better at knowing when to go and when not to yeah and that does come from you know who's playing next to you who's Trust. playing in front of you um, it, 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 if you think back to even even the championship season the, the right wing position seemed to be one where we tried out a lot of players we struggled a little bit to find you know Barry Mackay was pretty much the first choice wide left but wide right sometimes Waghorn would be there we signed O'Halloran and tried to play him there we had Forrester there mm. you know um, it seemed to be one of those positions that we never quite settled in and I remember in the past it was the same way Sasa Papach um, where he would be consistently the guy wide left and be changing nigh on week on week um, and sometimes Papach would take a bit of criticism for his performances but it's not easy when you don't really get into a rhythm with the guy in front of you and that's what he's got with Kandace he knows when he can go because he knows that Kandace has got the work rate the pace and the energy to cover for him if you know, if things don't work out. How many times have we seen him this season? Pretty much in the opposition six yard box waiting for a cross, you know. Mm. Um, he's, he's definitely playing with a lot more confidence and that comes not just personally but from your teammates as well. Now, Graham Murray spoke about his leadership qualities and said obviously gave him the armband on Sunday um, for the match against Dare. Um But he says that, you know, Tav likes a laugh and a joke in the dressing room but he's also a serious guy and he knows when to, to be serious and when to get down to business. And I've spoken about, I don't really like the captain's armband being passed around. I, I would prefer it be given to someone who has leadership qualities, but also is going to play every week. I get the club captain thing, but no matter whether or not people say, well, in Europe they do this and that, and I'm a great one for saying, well, in Europe they do this or that and trying to import it to a game. But I think that saying they don't treat it seriously over there it, it is fair enough, but here we do and it is invested with some some significance and I would say that when Lee Wallace isn't going to play or can't play rather then Tav to me is a guy who is regularly going to play who's committed to the club clearly uh, has a good relationship with the fans and clearly the other players respect to me he's vice captain material for the obvious reason that when your captain's not there more often than not he is going to be yeah I would agree actually because Jason Holt is probably in the team in the main and I don't mean to play down his performances but he's probably in the team in the main because of the amount of injuries in midfield you know that got him back in and, and he's worked hard and, and done his job there and he's had the armband for a couple of games before that and Bruno Alves isn't you know regular in terms of his fitness at the moment so that sort of rules him out um, Danny Wilson's away he was he seemed to be the one stepping up so, so yeah Tab's one of those players there's, there's not too many at the moment um, we, we can rely on for fitness he, he does very rarely gets injured um, and he's got the ability to have absolutely nailed that position as his own he's been here for a while now and the players do seem to like him so I, I think you're right he'd be a good choice for that uh, I can understand why he was given a hope and I can understand you know he's, he's suspended for Sunday so he, he didn't play last weekend with that in mind but I, I, I would probably you know given this the choice, it's, it's probably kind of a bit too late for this now, but I'd have probably gave it a tab over Holt in the first place. I, I would have, yeah. Um, I think maybe that you could argue that, well, until he'd signed a new deal, 
there, there, there wasn't that level of commitment. But I just think that your captain should be someone who who does have good leadership skills because I think it is important on a field, even just from the approaching the referee point of view, you need someone you can trust to do that and someone who's calm um, and someone who can... Because, you know, how often do you see it's the captain who approaches the referee maybe to question yeah. certain decisions and whatnot? And referees will accept that in a way that they probably won't if it's randoms coming up to them. Um, and I just think that, you know, we've tried so many different guys with the armband this year. Just settle on. If Lee Wallace is fit, it's him. Great. He's the club captain. We get that. And if he's not... It needs to be someone, I think, who is going to play and Tav is going to play if he's fit. So for me, yeah, it makes it makes sense. And I agree with you. I think I would have given him a head of hope, but he's got it now. Hopefully he'll, he'll retain it till Lee Wallace comes back, which we were told, interestingly, Alex, he'll be assessed on Monday. And uh, the signs are that, that he'll be back soon, uh, sooner rather than later, both him and uh, uh, Bruno Alves. Although news did break today, that uh, Jordan Rossiter has suffered another knock. He picked up an ankle injury in a match, and Graham Murphy was at points uh, pains to point that out that he, he received a kick during a match, and it's it's caused him an injury. But obviously, that has set off more concern among the support that, for whatever reason, that that he's not going to be able to produce for Rangers and. I understand the frustration, I certainly do. While accepting there's nobody going to be more frustrated than Jordan Rossiter, I don't think we can, if you like, factor him in to a... You know the the debates that we have, who's our strongest team when everyone's fit? I don't even consider him in that, to be honest, because you can't. No, you can't. Um, and we've probably not seen enough of him either. Um, you know, I accept that. Uh, and we've debated elsewhere about you know, I, I still believe and this is based upon nothing more than faith if I'm honest you know it's, it's, it's very it's, it's got very little rationality behind it I still believe come the start of next season Jordan Rossiter will be an option for us but I, I know that you know it's a it's a total leap of faith argument it's not it's not based upon anything at all um, his latest injury is just one of those ones Poor timing for him. It's coincidental with it being a knock during the game. I watched the highlights of that one actually that he played in. And I'm not sure the pitch looked the best either. You know, looking at mm. it was a bit of a strange camera angle. It was hard to tell, but maybe it wasn't the sort of game that you know someone of his injury history should have been playing in. But you know, he needs to start somewhere. Uh, I still think you know, come start next season, he'll be an option for us. I hope I'm right. But I do understand the frustrations of everybody who think, you know, let's just cut our losses. It's not as simple as that, obviously, but I do understand that side of the argument as well. Yeah, and I think people... I've seen a few things like, oh, we should sell him. Who's going to buy him? It's not an option. You know, you, you can't sell a guy who hasn't played in two years. No one's going to buy him. Your option is to tear up his contract, and tear up his contract means pay him. Um, it's also not a great look for a football team to if you like, pay off an injured player. That's the kind of thing that makes future transfer dealing quite difficult. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, You know, there seems to be... I, I get it, he's not contributing. Uh, and he will be more frustrated about that than anyone, uh, as you pointed out. So, you know, I get that side of it, but we've offered, the, we've offered him a four-year contract and we did that, full, not full in the knowledge, but certainly with some knowledge of him having an injury history before we signed him. Absolutely. I mean, you we could argue. Point, club, yeah, yeah, you can argue we we don't get him if you know if, if he doesn't have that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, given his potential, you know, I think that would have been pretty much a certainty. Liverpool were offering him a contract, but you know he felt he needed to move. But I think he would have got, you know, if he would have maybe been given a bit more by Liverpool if they were a bit more confident in, you know, his fitness, etc. And he would have stayed most likely. So, so yeah, we've taken a punt on him and. I get it, it's not worked out, I understand that, but you're right, it would be a little bit callous of the club to just say, ah, sorry Jordan, see you later. I know we gave you four years, but, you know, it's really not working out for the see you later on. It, would be a, it wouldn't look great, you're right, it would be a bit, just a bit harsh. And I get, as I say, I get the frustrations, I understand that, but I'd rather, let's be honest here, paying them off or, or, or such like or, or trying to sell them we're not getting anywhere with that that's not going to give us anything uh, pay off we're going to have to pretty much pay all these wages anyway correct we, we'd, be, yeah. we'd be as well just try to keep you know try to keep working with him because I, I can guarantee he'll be determined you know if he does get himself fit he will be utterly determined to make up for what we've done for him mm. you know yeah, totally he's that sort of character we could end up Kind of working out in a couple of years, you know, if he's if he does get himself uh, to a reasonably uh, consistent fit stage. No, absolutely, and and as you say, because your options are pay him off, in which case you just spend all the money that you'd have anyway, and don't have access to him if he gets fit, or keep him, and it is a gamble. It's well, it's not a gamble because you're committed to it anyway. Um, I I just don't see the point of 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 letting him go, but. You know, time will tell on that. At the other end of, uh, if you like, maybe career scales, Alex, um, news, uh, rumours breaking tonight uh, that Rangers are have had talks, preliminary talks, with Stephen Davis's representatives about a possible move back. Uh, Stephen Davis, uh, who of course has done very well at Southampton, but seems to be out of favour currently with uh, their current manager. I'm not sure for how much longer uh, he will be their manager, given their form. But um, some preliminary talks with Rocksport Radio reporting, but suggesting that Graham Murray would prefer to go a more youthful route. What are your thoughts on a potential return for Stephen Davis? I'm torn on this one, if I'm honest. Because, you know, the initial reaction, a lot like yourself and most other Rangers fans, is to think, yes, get him back now. Stephen Davis will clearly become the best player at our club and potentially the best player in the league. Uh, I can't believe he's not getting a game at Southampton because he looked like one of their best players in recent times, you know. Even at 32, he's still got... I think he's probably a better player than he was when he when he left Rangers. I, I think he absolutely is a better player than he was when he, he left Rangers. He's Even at his age, I think he's yeah. a better player now. Uh, but then there's the other side of me where I have to accept biting the bullet here because I've made this argument that it thinks well, you know, from from a longer term perspective and from Graham Murphy's perspective, if we're looking to build something and it's going to be a five-year project, is Davis going to give us five years potentially? But we don't know. But but Alex, <sighs> do you need everyone to give you five years in a five-year project? No, you don't. You don't. You're right and. You know, if he came in for two or three years and Greg Docherty got to play next to him and became, you know, or worked out how to become almost as good a player, then uh, yeah, it's been well worth it then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, for a longer term. As I say, I'm slightly torn just because I do like the strategy that seems to be in place at the moment. And, you know, I was sort of 
I was gladdened that we knocked back Naismith to sign Jason Cummings, for example. No, so was I. Um, so was I. Yeah, and I think that Naismith would have been the more impactful and better player in the short term. Um, as much as I like the look of Cummings, I think that you know Naismith has the ability and experience to have, to have done more, you know, straight away and in the short term. But but I was quite happy that Rangers went down the more youthful route and, and looked to do that. They don't have to do that with every transfer. I accept that it wouldn't work with every transfer. And bringing in someone like Davis with his experience and ability certainly does excite a little bit. It's just then when everybody's fit, does he hold back the development of of Greg Dockery, for example, because you know he plays next to Dorans and Dockery's on the bench all the time? Or you know that's the only bit I'm torn about. But from that- a purely footballing perspective. I probably would say, yeah, get him in. That's an interesting one, but I think it's always about balance. That I don't want to sign in six 33-year-olds in the summer, absolutely, because you're right, we can say, well, we need to win games. My argument is often, well, we need to, it's all right planning for the future, but we don't need to win games now. But you you have your short, medium-term, long-term projects, if you like, and players fit into those categories. So, But in the same way that I wouldn't want to sign in five 20-year-olds either, you have yeah. to have a balance, you have to have a mix. The reason, now, I've sat on this show for eight years and said I don't like when we go back and sign players because it, it's such a, a comfort blanket for us. I think, especially given what we've been through, and I do think that we as a support have a tendency to romanticise the past and players get better through the lens of time. Um, the reason that I, I, I think people are so keen currently Every ex-player we seem to be linked with, there's this clamour for, and it's because it reminds them of better times. You know, this this was our last championship-winning team, um, so I can understand that. And normally, I'm against it because my view is Naismith fell into this category. You're, he's not going to be as good because we're not getting the player that we remember, i.e., the player we think we're getting. So he's going to disappoint. He can't not. It's just not possible for him not to because he's not going to be. That Stephen, that Stephen Naismith, uh, as well as obviously the whole kind of Judas thing, um, which we we've yeah. done to death on here, so I won't go into it again. But Davis is different to me because exactly I would agree with you. He is a better player now. He's a better leader now. He plays a different way than he did with Rangers. A lot of that timidity, which I think held him back from being if you like, an absolute superstar in this league has gone and he carries himself now like a seasoned EPL midfielder, which is exactly what he is. I also think that, let's be honest, a player of his quality is not available to us unless there is this previous connection or he's a supporter and he wants to, or feels he has some unfinished business. And that's my that's my argument for bringing him back if it's possible. I don't believe we can get a player of his equivalent ability because we're not signing somebody for the EPL, Alex, a first a first choice or somebody who should be a first choice. It's not going to happen. So for me, I think you make an exception, and you're right. It might hold back Greg Doherty, but if Greg Doherty's good enough, he'll get in the side, and he will progress. And I don't think it'll be a case of Davis keeping him out the side. I think we need guys... We have a lot of really good youngsters, and I'm excited by them. But you still need a bit of ballast with that. You still need some guys that have experience. You don't need ten of them the way Ali thought. But I think one or two doesn't do you any harm. 
That's all fair. Yeah, as, as I say, I was only slightly told him about it, really. Um, you know, from a Alex sitting in his Davis Northern Ireland top right now, going, I'm told him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. No, I would have, uh, yes, I think you're right. You're absolutely right in terms of quality. He would clearly be the absolute maximum we can get in any realistic way because of his previous connections. And he probably does see a move up here as a little bit of unfinished business after the way everything went. He probably, he said himself, if, if things hadn't went as they did, there was a good chance he'd still be at Rangers. And he said that in the past. So, yeah, you're right. In that. And in that respect, I sort of defended the Bruno Alves signing in that respect as well. You know, he was just getting a top-class player here who... You know, we normally wouldn't be able to get, so let's take advantage of it while we can. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm not even playing devil's advocate. I'm, I'm just biting a bullet as such. You know, when when I I know that I can't argue, or I can't really strongly argue against signing, you know, Naismith because we could go and get Cummings and, and then say, but let's go and get Davis. But you're right. I think it's you a can. Situation. Yeah, I, I know. I think you can. If you'd ask me. At the start of the window, you could have Cummings or Naismith. I'd have said Cummings. Um, I'll be honest, if you'd said to me you can have Davis or Doherty, I'd have said Davis. Um, I think we can judge each one by its its individual merits. And if you can have both, then that would be absolutely ideal. Yeah. Um, but time will tell, as I say, that, that that's these are just rumours at the moment. We have a match on Sunday, Alex, which is, is the main reason that we're here to, tonight, of course, where we go to Hamilton. And first things first, uh, that surface. I would rate it as not as bad as Kilmarnock's, but that's about the best thing I can say about it. It's damning it by faint praise. Isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Um, no, it's not. It's not ideal. Um, unfortunately, it's just the nature of Scottish football. And one of the realities of it. Clubs like that at the moment need that sort of surface for for income, but. But yeah, it's not great. It's better than Kamarnock's. I would say you're, you're right there. And we played well on it earlier in the season. We did. So so that's a good sign. But, yeah, if, if it was a way Scottish people could afford that, we'd, we'd much rather it was all good grass parks. Definitely. Mm, no, absolutely. Now, um, going there, as you say, Jason Holt suspended. We are a little short in midfield, so I, I would assume that that would mean that Greg Doherty stays in the side. And... Mm. I wonder if that leads to any sort of tactical change. We finished last week with what Graham Murty in his press conference described as a, effectively a 4-3-3. And I wonder if because of our lack of bodies or options in the middle of the park at the moment, we might see something similar. I think there's only going to be two two potential options and that's to start pretty much with the team that started against Air United. Um, in that sort of diamond midfield shape or bring Candace back in and get back to the four-two-three-one uh, at the expense of Cummings probably mm. you know that's the change that, I can see yeah I can see that and, and, and to be honest I, I think it's justified in, in some ways uh, you know by the way Candace has been playing of, of late he's really been making a big impact in games and I think that I like Cummings I hope he absolutely makes it and I do think that if Murphy's going to play both Cummings and Morelos, he's found the right formation to do it. And at least it needs a bit of work, obviously. But, you know, rather than a 4 4 2 with Murphy on one side and uh, Candace on the other, you'd get swamped a bit in the middle of the park. He's found the right system for, 
for two players like that. But uh, I just suspect he's going to get back to that kind of four two three one. That he, he seems, I think, he prefers it in truth. Yeah, so do I. I absolutely agree. I think that all things being equal, if he can if he can pick a side, then he'll go. You're right with that four two three one. I think that's his his ideal formation. Uh, obviously, personnel allowing. Now we have seen, if you like, almost the best and the worst of Rangers against Hamilton this season. Um, a really good four one victory. Uh, at New Douglas Park the last time we were there um, sh- shocking start but after that Rangers played really well um, and put the game away before half time really and so much so were comfortable enough to play most of the second half uh, with 10 men after uh, Ryan Jack actually received a justified uh, yeah, sending off it's it, a rare thing yeah it, was, it, was, it shocked us all um, but the team then got a penalty went 4-1 up and uh, were able to see it out fairly comfortably but I do remember, of course, the 2-0 defeat at Ibrox, which is, in a season littered with bad performances, that uh, either that or St Johnston or the Nadir for me, Alex, uh, it was um, a poor result. But what I would say is it wasn't that poor a performance because we missed a hat full of chances. So I, I maybe should say it was a Nadir in terms of results. But that performance compared to, say, St Johnston was significantly better up until having missed all these chances, they scored and we shot ourselves. The most frustrating part of the Hamilton one was the way that the team crumbled at 1-0 down because we were playing good football. Um, and, yeah, we missed an absolute half full of chances and that's part of the game. You've got to be criticised when that happens. But... We were playing nice stuff. We were creating plenty of chances. The minute we went 1-0 down, and if you remember, it was a, a howling mistake, obviously, by McCrory, the whole team seemed to absolutely panic. Yes. And it all became long balls and just aimless, absolutely aimless. Uh, and we just abandoned what had you know, been dominating the game. For One of my pet hates. Anyway. One of my Rangers' pet hates that... You're playing a certain way and getting success. Something goes against you, and you stop doing the thing that was getting you success. You know, yeah. if Rangers keep playing the way they'd been playing before that Hamilton goal, we win that match. But you're absolutely right; they panicked immediately, went to long ball. Circumstances, of course, though, maybe playing a part. It was in the middle of a bad run. The fans were unhappy with, you know, the uh, the the fact that we hadn't replaced the manager at the time, and still get the same manager now, I suppose. But. Um, I don't think the team would do that now. I think there's a few stronger characters in there. Um, you know, the likes of Russell Martin, for example, and Jamie Murphy, they don't look like the sort who panic under that sort of pressure. In fact, um, like like a lot of the, the Patreon listeners, I thought Jamie Murphy was our best player against Hibs. And that was a game where, you know, we were chasing it from 1-0 down. Uh, we, we only equalised for, you know, the equivalent of 90 seconds. Uh, and I thought he showed a really good attitude and, and played quite well. And he, you know, that's the sort of thing, the sort of positive you could take from that. You know, looking at someone and saying, well, he wasn't just panicking in that game; he was trying to play his, his game. Um, and I think Russell Martin's kind of similar. He's he's not the type to to get too wound up. So I think you're right. I think and the team's a bit more confident in general right now. So yeah, I think you're right. If if it was a bit of a setback, they wouldn't be quite as as bad. It just that was the biggest disappointment that day. Mm. If we played the same way, just kept missing chances and lost two 0 yeah, you'd have been annoyed because it's two 0 at Hamilton at home. It's a pretty poor result, but I, I wouldn't have felt half as half as uh, angered. I'd say by it, you know. Yeah. It was just 
going one nil down and then seeing the absolute capitulation was just, you know, uh, it really, really was disappointing. And if it wasn't for just how bad we were the entire game against St. Johnson, that probably would be one of the worst performances of the season. But the St. Johnson game was abject anyway, even yeah. though we were 1-0 up. Yeah, we, we scored a goal then and, and we stopped, <laughs> as opposed to the opposition stopping us that day, so no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I can see, it, as you say, I, I see a team being very similar to the one that played against um, Thistle, although I would say um, Morelos starting and Candace, as you say, coming back with Doherty, maybe filling in for Holt um, on the side. Now, Sean Goss, I thought had an absolutely terrific performance, was against Air United and we have to qualify that and it's only fair to do it but if you're hitting good accurate passes it's because you can hit a good accurate pass now you would accept, expect him not to get as much time on the ball in a match like this but he looks the type of guy to me who can find that wee extra half second Alex that allows him time to pick out a pass He's very adept to that yeah he's very very good at just finding the space even if it needs to be deep you know even if it needs to drop to, to level with the centre halves or such like it gets him a bit of time and space in the ball you qualified it by saying it was only a United. I would further, further back your view up by saying that that was a horrendous pitch and the wind was affecting the game hugely, yet here was a guy who was unflustered by his touch, pinging the ball about like it was no problem at mm. all. That's um, a really you know, good point. The weather was horrendous. The wind did have an... And it was a potato field, you know, you... you you couldn't sit and make lovely, crisp, wee three-yard passes on it because exactly, yeah. It wouldn't allow and he you. still looked like an absolute player. That's you know that's a good sign. So, um, so yeah, you're right. You won't get as much time and space on this one, but it'll be interesting to see his range of passing on one of those pitches where the ball doesn't skip away quite as much if the pitch is a little dry. Mm. You know, it'll hold up a little bit more on the bounce mm. when he plays one over the top. Um, that could be, you know, something that we'll look to exploit with, with runs from Windass from a little deeper and stuff. You know, have have that ball coming over and it's not going to quite skip away as much, um, as long as it's not absolutely scalping the rain on Sunday, which is, you know, <laughs> a distinct possibility. Likely. Yes, of course. <laughs> now, looking around the uh, the team at the moment, we we are playing with a bit more confidence. We were able to take a setback last week and not panic um, and go in and, and play better. Hamilton are a tough t- a tough team to really predict because they are one of these sides who are capable of some re- very good performances. Uh, they've shown against us, in fact, this season, capable of some very good, resilient performances where they play some nice stuff. They have a couple of decent players, David Temple, and of course, formerly this parish, um, being, being one of them that can create stuff for them. And they have other days where they look like they've never met. I thought the game that, you know, we played them there earlier in the season, the 4 1 game, after they went 1 0 up, there was that spell where we started battering them, and you're right, they looked as though. They were terrible. They were absolutely terrible at the back, especially. Um, and then they come to Ibrooks and you know do that in the second half. They are a strange team, you're right. It's difficult to actually predict how they're going to start as well. A big factor, we, we've now got their best player, or who was their best player, I should say, yeah. and Greg Dockery. Uh, that's going to be a bit of a factor uh, in the way that the rest of their season goes, in truth. You know, Hamilton fans would have been pretty gutted to lose him when they're in the middle of a relegation fight. That might have an impact upon those good performances that you're talking about, you know. Yeah. I think they're on a bad losing run at the moment. I'm not too sure. I think it's in the last few games at least have been defeats in the league. 
Um, I think it's last four out of five or something like that. I think it's them or, or Ross County. If I was to have to pick someone at this point, I would say that have that kind of trend at the moment. And I think Dundee yeah. have enough about them to get out of it. And I, I yeah. do I worry for both Hamilton and Ross County that I don't really see where the guys to dig the performances and the results out for them are. Um, in much the same way we spoke earlier about Jordan Rossiter, David Templeton, although capable of, of some excellent performances on occasion, isn't a guy you can rely on. Um, he may do it certain big matches, of course, but you know he's never been a player his whole career that you could pin your hopes on. And that's why he's at Hamilton, of course, you know, that injury problems as well. So they are a tough side to predict. And with that, Alex, I'm going to ask you to predict. <laughs> How do you see yeah. it going? Um, I actually think it will be a, bit, a little bit similar to the party game. We'll win 2 0 again, and it will be, you know, pretty good, actually. I thought the second half against party was pretty good. It will be a, you know, similar to that, a slightly slow start. We'll, you know, be the better team and we'll win the game 2 0, and what will be described as a professional performance afterwards. Well, I would certainly take that. I'm a wee bit more optimistic. I would say we're going to win 3 1. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, think I think at the moment we look like a team who are playing with a little bit of confidence. The Hibs last 15 minutes aside, I think they look settled, and there's no reason for Rangers to go into this match on a pitch that, okay, we don't like, but it, it shouldn't hold any psychological fears after rattling four past this same opposition. As you say, a slightly weaker version of this opposition. And as I would say, a much, maybe not much, but certainly a, a stronger, more cohesive unit than we were on that occasion. So I, I, I'm fairly confident that, that we're going to yeah. go there. Now I'm going to go for 3-1 for on that one. Nice. Uh, just one little subplot worth mentioning that I think would be... Interesting, and I don't like to focus on this stuff too much, but I will be very curious to hear the Hamilton fans' reaction to Greg Dockery, who I think is an absolute stick-on to start, as you mentioned, uh, because if it was any other club, uh, him having signed for Rangers, any other team in the league, you'd expect him to get booed out of the building, but Hamilton seemed to be, you just have a completely different attitude at the club, and I just, I'll just be curious to see if that's rubbed off in the fans, you know? I think you might get some, because... You know, in society we live in, there's always a few who like to indulge in that sort of thing. Um, I, I agree with you. I think overall that people can see that here was a kid they brought through. He did, you know, he did his best for them. He got a move to his, the, the club he supports. I don't think that they will, or even if they do, I think it might be the kind of 90 minute pantomime villain stuff. I don't see it having the kind of viciousness that we've yeah. seen before. I mean, I remember Lee McCulloch. At Motherwell, and I mean, it was years after Lee McCulloch had left, and the vitriol that dripped on him from the stands was was bizarre. Whereas, uh, yeah, they might give him the a bit of the boo treatment, but I really, I'm like you, I don't see them getting on his case severely. I, I don't know what that we don't do it. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't really see what it what it proves. We'll, we'll boo, we'll boo ex players or, or guys who have pissed us off. But you know, there's times we'll have complete banners up for someone when they're coming. I mean, we've done that for Lee McCall recently uh, when he was obviously manager of Kilmarnock there and things like that. Um, we, we tend to criticise our players well, but with us, not afterwards. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Back to that romance thing again. You're right. Yeah. You're right. We, we tend to give them a... Aye, you're more likely to get, <laughs> to get abused when you're, coming, when you're wearing their Angels tails rather than you're lining up against us. Um, although Naismith will be interesting. 
<laughs> well, I think uh, the, the reactions to Whitaker, who you know hasn't played that often against us, to be honest, um, the reactions to Whitaker, I think you could add a fair multiplier to that for when Naismith shows up. I don't imagine that's going to go down well at all. No, no, I don't see it. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, of course, there's loads of content over on our subscription site, which is at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Hand. This weekend, we have an interview with Clint Hill coming up uh, done by our boy Cammy. so very much uh, looking forward to getting that up but there's loads and loads of other content there so much you couldn't shake a stick at it um, but if not we'll be back on Monday with a full review of the Hamilton game so all that it remains for me to do is to thank our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles to thank my guest uh, the lovely Mr Alex Staff always a pleasure David thank you and to thank you all for listening we'll be back on Monday till then take care bye Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.